Well, church, today we are kicking off a brand new message series called Holy Ghost Stories, and I am so excited about this brand new series. We just celebrated the fact that Jesus has risen from the dead, which is the best news ever, and it's not just Easter news, remember? It's a a 365-day-a-year kind of truth. And Jesus promised us that he would send the Holy Spirit to fill the believers, that's us, and that the Holy Spirit would work in and through us to spread the gospel throughout the world. And so what more appropriate thing could we talk about after Easter than about the power of the Holy Spirit at work, Uh, not just in the Bible, but in our lives as well. We're going to look at both things. We're going to be in the book of Acts throughout this series, and we're going to experience uh, the power of the Holy Spirit working in the early church there. Uh, But we're also going to look at stories from our own church of folks whose lives have been touched by the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, as we were planning this series out and picking a few people to interview for that, uh, we came up with a whole lot of people, but unfortunately, we couldn't make this an 83-week sermon series, so we probably left a bunch of you out. Sorry about that, but we'll highlight just a few because I believe that we can understand our own story a little more as we see it uh, in, in, in light of the stories of others in the Bible and here in our midst. Now, the Holy Spirit, let me just kind of lay some foundation today. The Holy Spirit, we believe, is God, okay? The Holy Spirit is not, uh, is not just a feeling or a sense or something like this. The Holy Spirit is God. Christians believe in one God in three persons, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And you might think, oh, okay, so are they each like one-third, one-third, one-third God? Nope. Each one of them is fully God, yet there is one God. One God, three persons. You're like, I don't know if the math adds up here. That's because God is supernatural. God's ways are higher than my ways. God's not limited by the same things I'm limited by. I've got the whole, like, space-time limitation, right? I can only be in one place at one time. Otherwise, I'd preach both services at once. It would be incredibly fun. <laughs> I can't do that. Got to just pick one. Be here. Glad I get to be here with you. So, so God has no limits. God is all-powerful. And, so, and uh, the Holy Spirit is the third person of the Trinity. might say, well, is it a force? Nope, not a force. It's a person, a person. I say, well, is this person like the crazy cousin at the family reunion that I try to avoid? It's a little weird, a little bit out there. Uh, no, the Holy Spirit's different. The Holy Spirit uh, may challenge us sometimes. We may experience the Holy Spirit's power in many, many different ways. But the Holy Spirit is God. The King James Version often refers to, the, to it as the Holy Ghost. Uh, and the reason for that, in Shakespearean language, the term ghost meant like the living essence of a person. And so that term Holy Ghost conveys like a, a transcendence or a you-can't-tie-me-down kind of persona, which is exactly what the Holy Spirit is. 
Now, when I talk about the Holy Spirit, you'll hear me sometimes use the pronoun he. And that's not necessarily correct because God is above gender, okay? We know that Jesus came as a man, but, but when we say God the Father, God the Holy Spirit, uh, God is above gender. And so you could call the Holy Spirit he or she doesn't really matter either one. I use he because that's kind of the standard uh, terminology that, that Christians in the Bible have used, um, but it's not specific in that regard. Now, I'm guessing that as we come here today, we probably have a variety of experiences in our own personal lives with the Holy Spirit. And let, let me just list a few uh, and see where you find yourself here. Maybe for you, you say, honestly, I haven't thought about it, or I kind of doubt that he's real. I know they talk about it in church. That's fine, but I kind of doubt. If that's you, it's okay. Like, I'm glad you're here, and I'm praying that you will experience the power of, your, of the Holy Spirit in your life today. Or you might say, well, I, I know that he exists. I read about in the Bible. I hear about from others, but I don't know that I've really felt anything yet. Well, that's okay. You know, feelings can be kind of fickle things, but also, I pray that God would reveal himself to you in a way that you could sense, that you could feel, that you would know that God is real. The third, you say, well, I think that I've felt him work in my life, but I, I'm not sure how to describe it. I'm not sure what's the Holy Spirit and what's not. It all gets kind of confusing. That's all right. Or maybe say, fourth, I know that he's working in my life, but honestly, I'm afraid of what others might think. I kind of don't talk about it a lot. I kind of push it down because I don't want anybody to think I'm weird. You know, just not sure about that. Or maybe fifth, you say, no, I, I know that the Holy Spirit is working in my life and I'm hungry for more. I just want more. What a great place to be. Wherever you're at, friend, I pray that God would use this series to help you on your journey closer to him. Going on a journey begins with admitting where we're at, saying, here's where I start this at. And I pray that you would come to this with maybe even an expectation, an expectation that God can and God will move in your life, because I believe that that can and will happen. In fact, I want to pray right now that that would. Holy Spirit, would you come? Come into our presence here in this church. Come into our hearts, come into our minds. Help us to sense you, to know that you're real. I pray against those things that would distract us from you today. God, that you would just help us for a few moments to turn our eyes on you and your word. That you would fill us, Holy Spirit, and we would experience you. God, we love you. We want more of you in our lives, in our church, in our homes. We pray this in Jesus' holy name. Amen. So I want to share with you a quick video. This is Tony and Melody Morris. Uh, they help. Uh, Tony is one of our worship leaders um, on the contemporary side. Uh, he, uh, he volunteers there. Uh, and they're going to share just about their experience with the Holy Spirit, and uh, both throughout life and, and now as, as parents of young kids. I invite you to check this out together. When I first experienced the infilling of the Holy Spirit, I was in college, and I had had a close relationship with the Lord my whole life, but I started seeking out the Holy Spirit more and hearing more about Him and 
I had heard stories about the baptism of the Holy Spirit or the infilling of the Holy Spirit, and I felt like I needed that. And so I just prayed and asked the Lord to fill me with his spirit. And from that moment on, everything was different. I had always loved the Lord and read the word and lived a holy lifestyle, but I felt like my heart was like set on fire once I invited the Holy Spirit in. And I was a swimmer in college, and I remember the next morning diving into the pool for swim practice, and I just, with the water surrounding me, I felt like I was just like surrounded in God's love, and I had a hard time focusing on my sets that practice because I was just like hearing God's voice so clearly. It was like, it took over all my thoughts. And that was a powerful experience that I had, but it continues. Like, it, it's never been the same ever since then. Now that I walk in the Spirit and live a life of the Spirit, I hear God's voice, and I'm able to follow His leading. Um, just in my daily situations, my interactions with Tony and the kids, my interactions with strangers at the grocery store and my friends. Um, because I can hear God's voice and sense the leading of the Spirit, I can do the things God wants me to do. I firmly believe, like in 1 Thessalonians 5.23, we are spirit, soul, and body. And when Jesus came, died that death, brought us back to life, our spirit went from death to life. The Holy Spirit lives in there. So one third of us is different from the rest of the world. Like it's seated right now, our spirit's seated in heavenly places with Jesus when we become baptized in the Holy Spirit. And then in that process of living in that day in and day out, we have our will. Who are we gonna choose to follow? And so we get to choose. Are we gonna surrender to the Spirit within us, the Holy Spirit within us, do we want to like go to the flesh for peace? Like, no, no, we want to go to the Holy Spirit within us. I need to take a moment to be still and remember and surrender back to the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, come have your way in my life. I want to live for you. And so um, that's how I usually practically live out every day, living in Holy Spirit. And even when everything seems right, just making sure to invite him. Um, and being intentional about it, playing with my children, you know, having time together. Uh, Melody and I are trying to do better practice of taking time. This has been a busy season for us, but to take time to worship together after the kids go to bed, or just even as together with the children, um, to worship together, be intentional. Hey, while we're doing this, let's, let's do this thing and kind of remember the Lord together. I love the verse in Romans that says that the Spirit helps us in our weakness, and... There are lots of times that I feel really weak, and I think that's the point. Um, the Lord wants us to lean into Him and depend on Him. For me, the most important thing is keeping a dialogue with the Holy Spirit, talking to Him, sharing what's on my mind, what's on my heart, and hearing from Him. In day-to-day -day life, a lot of times it looks like me losing my patience with my kids, <laughs> and I pray, Holy Spirit, give me patience. And if I remember to do that, he's always faithful to answer. Now, it's not always easy. Um, we are in a fallen world, and you know Jesus isn't back yet, so it's not going to be like, oh yes, what's this? And you're saying yes. It's it's always day to day, and there's grace if you mess up. Like I know, I there's times it's like drop the ball there. It's not impossible um, as long as the, you keep saying yes out of that place. I like that, that continual position of saying yes 
to the move of God, to the power of the Holy Spirit. Well, the book of Acts is where we're going to be in this series. Acts is kind of like Luke 2, if you will. It's the Dr. Luke, he's writing again, he, and the books go right side by side. He takes us to uh, the end of Jesus' life, his death, burial, resurrection. And then early in the book of Acts, uh, we see his ascension into heaven, his sending of the Holy Spirit, where we'll be today, and then the activities of the apostles that they do through the power of the Holy Spirit. So we'll be in Acts chapter 1, we'll start there, and Jesus is giving the disciples some instructions about how they are to receive this promised Holy Spirit. Verse 4, once when Jesus was eating with them, he commanded them, do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift he promised, as I told you before. John baptized with water, but in just a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Now, John the Baptist had physically baptized them with water, uh, and they were going to receive a different kind of immersion. Not a physical immersion, but a spiritual immersion from the Holy Spirit. Now, of course, the disciples had a little different experience than us because they encountered Jesus before his death, burial, and resurrection. Uh, so, you know, they would receive the Holy Spirit's power a little bit later. Um, Methodists, we believe that we b- receive the power of the Holy Spirit when we become followers of Jesus Christ. That's when the Holy Spirit comes into our lives. Romans 8, 9 says, you're not controlled by your sinful nature. You're controlled by the Spirit if you have the Spirit of God living in you. And remember that those who do not have the Spirit of Christ living in them do not belong to Him at all. So we need this, if we don't have the Spirit of Christ or the Holy Spirit living inside of us, we're not Christians. So that means when you ask Jesus into your heart, when you become a Christian, that you receive the Holy Spirit at that time. Now when we get into the specific nuances of exactly how the Holy Spirit uh, works and operates, This is an area where sometimes good Bible-believing Christians are going to differ some. Because the Bible doesn't just lay out and say, here's exactly how the Holy Spirit works in every situation. No, it's God. It's more complex than that. Instead, the Bible gives us many, many different examples. And we look at these and we look at the Bible's teachings to kind of base our theology, our understanding of this. So there's sometimes variance between Christians on this. But here's my understanding of what... Um, what United Methodists would, would typically proclaim, um, that is that the Holy Spirit uh, gives spiritual gifts to all believers, uh, that when, if you are a follower of Jesus, you have the Holy Spirit living inside of you, and the Holy Spirit gives you certain gifts. The Bible lists these in various places, uh, 1 Corinthians 12, uh, and Ephesians 12, or excuse me, Ephesians 4, and uh, Romans 12. And in, in uh, these places, it lists some of the gifts. Uh, some of these gifts are like, say, natural abilities that God uses in powerful, supernatural ways to build his kingdom. Gifts like leadership or administration. Uh, But others are supernatural gifts. Gifts like healing or speaking in tongues or having prophetic words uh, where the Holy Spirit gives us abilities to do things we could never do uh, outside of the Holy Spirit's power. Methodists, we believe that the gifts of the Spirit are all active and real today. We don't believe that any of them stopped. We don't believe that some of them were like a temporary, short-term, blue light special kind of thing from God. No. We believe they're all available today and, and that the Holy Spirit will give you the gifts that you need 
to do the ministry God calls you to do. I strongly believe that, that whatever God calls you to do, God will equip you with the right knowledge, with the right gifts, with the right abilities, with the right resources to do everything that God calls you to do. You have given, given by God everything you need to follow him and to obey him. That's what God does for us. Now, we can also receive or we can experience the Holy Spirit in subsequent real and powerful ways throughout our spiritual journey. Uh, Tony and Melody talked about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, receiving the Holy Spirit in just uh, a very powerful way. Many people describe experiencing this. And I don't believe that that's just a one-time thing. I believe we can experience the power of the Holy Spirit over and over and over in many different ways. You might, it might be through reading the Bible or through a sermon. It might be through just a powerful experience uh, in song or hearing our choir. Or uh, it may be through an experience with God with nature. Uh, it may be through talking with a friend or an experience where someone is praying for you and you just feel the Spirit's presence in such a real and tangible and powerful way. There's so many different ways we can experience this. It may be a sensation in your body. You might find it, feel a tingling in your fingers or you might have just tears and you're not really sad, but you're just praying. You're just feeling the power of God and you just, you just begin to cry. That's okay. God gets to work however God wants to work. I don't get to like limit that or say, no, God can't do exactly this or can't do exactly that. If, if it's congruent with what we see in the Bible, then it could be a way that God works. It's not up to me to dictate how God is going to work. The Bible tells us that God is a God of order, and it also tells us that we should never quench the Holy Spirit. So there's some balance there between the beauty of order and organization and, and the spontaneity of the Holy Spirit. This is our God and how God moves in us. In verse 8 of chapter 1, Jesus gives us a promise that is really exciting for us. He says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, through Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the, world, ends of the earth. So for us, that's kind of like saying, you'll be my witnesses here in Anderson Township, and in Cincinnati, and throughout Ohio, and the United States, and all around the world. That's what God does in and through us. And when we hear that, that's pretty exciting because if we look at church history, we know that God did this, that, that the Spirit came upon the believers in power here in Acts and that they would spread throughout the world and that the gospel would spread so quickly. There was only about like 120 believers at that time when Jesus would ascend into heaven. And, and so he leaves this really small church, if you will, of people, and they had been timid. They had not always been all that powerful or all that effective, but the Holy Spirit would come upon them. Luke tells us that the believers, that they were all in one accord. They were all in one accord, which leads to a very natural question. How the heck do you get 120 people in one accord? That's bad even by my standards, isn't it? Those are low standards. Anyway, they were united. They were united in faith. They were united in their belief in Jesus Christ. And they were united, best of all, by the power of the Holy Spirit. 
that the Holy Spirit came and filled them. And that's my prayer for us as a church, that the Holy Spirit would come and fill us, would move in our presence, would move in our midst. Let's see what the Holy Spirit did this first day of Pentecost, or this day of Pentecost. Acts 2, verse 1. On the day of Pentecost, that's 10 days after Jesus ascended, all the believers were meeting together in one place. Suddenly, there was a sound from heaven like a roaring of a mighty windstorm, and it filled the house where they were sitting. Then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them. And everyone present was filled by the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. Now, you might read this, and maybe it gives you the heebie-jeebies a little, right? Like, I don't know about this. I'm good with God and praying to God, but I don't know if I want God to show up like that. Well, certainly that was a powerful experience and, and a special experience. This is the birthday of the church. But again, God gets to move how God wants to move, not, with, not in the ways that you or I may be comfortable with God moving. That day he comes upon, like comes into the room like in power. The believers are filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. The, the like tongues of fire are seen above their heads. They pour out in the streets. They start preaching the good news. People see them and they're like, these guys are drunk. That's what they actually said. We're not drunk. It's 9 a.m. This is the power of the Holy Spirit. We've been praying, and God just filled us, and there's good news for you. And that, church, that day, the church grows by like 3,000 people. It's the power of God. It's supernatural. God sometimes moves in these ways. And that doesn't mean that God is like some distant force. No, the Holy Spirit is the person of God dwelling inside of us. The person of God dwelling inside of us. You know, when you're in the presence of another person, you experience them in a special way. You may just, maybe you're sitting down to dinner with someone, and without even saying something, you can feel perhaps their love or their care for you, or you can feel their joy, or you can feel their compassion, or all these good kinds of things. How much more with God? That when the Holy Spirit fills us, we sense the love of God. We sense the grace of God. We sense God's compassion for this world. We, we start to look at the world differently because we look at it through God's eyes instead of just through our own limitations. We experience the power of the Holy Spirit because we experience the person of the Holy Spirit. That's why we'd say that the Holy Spirit is a who, not a what. That's why I refer to the Holy Spirit as he, not it. It's the Holy Spirit. It's not this force. The Holy Spirit is a person, a person that we know and encounter God. The Bible describes this in many ways. In Romans 8, it says the Holy Spirit has a mind and that the Holy Spirit intercedes or prays on our behalf. You can even say that if you don't know what to pray, that you can say, Spirit, pray for me, and the Spirit prays for us. It says with groanings that we can't even utter supernaturally prays for us. In Ephesians 4, it says the Holy Spirit has emotions. It says that we can grieve the Holy Spirit. We can make the Spirit sad. 1 Corinthians 12 shows us that the Spirit has a will and makes decisions. The Holy Spirit can take the role of a teacher, a leader, or a judge convicting me of my sin. The Holy Spirit is, is 
real and powerful in our lives. Why is this important? Because you can't know an object or a force, but you can know God. You're not known by an object or a force, but you are known by God. You experience the power of the Holy Spirit, and you experience the person of God. An object can't act. An object has no authority. An object has no power. The Holy Spirit is not an object. The Holy Spirit is God. The Holy Spirit is not just an accessory to our lives. The Holy Spirit is God. And here's the deal. The Holy Spirit is not just reserved for the super spiritual, like the members of the choir, right? You know, not just them. It's all of us. It's all of us. We all get to experience the choir, me, Danny, Julie, all of us together. The, the followers of Jesus, we get to experience the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Last week we talked, we celebrated how Jesus is risen from the dead. And listen, my friend, the same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives in me, lives in you. Would you say that with me? The same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives in me. I believe that. I believe that, that when you pray, you've got the same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, and that Spirit is alive and powerful inside of you. So the question is this, will you fully surrender to the work of the Holy Spirit in your life? Because, friends, God is all-powerful. But God doesn't force his way into your life. It's got to be a choice. God doesn't want robots. He wants a relationship. He wants to know you. He wants a personal relationship with you. Being filled with the Holy Spirit is not so much about getting more of the Holy Spirit. There's a piece of that. But it's more so about giving the Spirit more of me. Turning over the keys turning over the keys of my heart and my life to the power of the Holy Spirit. So will you do that? Will you fully surrender your life to him? And it's not just a one-time decision. You might say, yeah, I made that decision in 1982. Great, awesome, but you got to make it today as well. It's an ongoing decision of saying, God, I want to surrender my way. I want to surrender my will. Uh, Melody said in the video about how she can have more patience with her kids, right, when she prays for patience from the Holy Spirit. I believe in that. I believe that that's real. But it's this ongoing need, this ongoing need to admit how much I need God in my life. And when we do that, it's so powerful. Because the Holy Spirit wants to do something powerful in your life now. <laughs> now. It's not just for something someday, maybe in your life. The Holy Spirit is real and wants to move in your life now. Wants to give you, when you give more of yourself to the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit wants to empower you to serve God. And you'd say, God, I, w I want more of you in my daily life. 
I want more of you in my calendar and my schedule. I want to prioritize you. I want more of you in my business or my work. I want more of you in my, my relationships with my family members. I want more of you in your power as I sing, as I worship you. I want more of you as I study your word. I want more of you as I pray for others or as I receive prayer. I want more of you as, as I manage the resources, the money that you've given me. I want more of you in so many ways. When, when I look at the world, I want to see the world through your eyes, God, not through mine. I want to be filled with your spirit so I have more compassion, more love, more joy, more generosity. The Bible tells us that when we're filled with the spirit, that we act with the fruits of the Holy Spirit. So I want more love. I want more peace. I want more patience. I want more joy. I want more kindness. I want more, uh, more self-control. I want all of these things in my life. I want more of you, more of your fruits in my life. And when we do that, we see the power of God at work. We see more in our church. We see more people coming to know Jesus. We see more people set free from the chains of addiction. We see more people uh, empowered to serve in ministry, to use their gifts. We see more resources uh, released, whether it be to, to dig wells in Africa or to support refugees coming out of Ukraine or to feed the hungry wherever they may be. We see it uh, as God uses us in so many different ways. So maybe you're here today and you're hungry and thirsty for more. Or maybe you say, I don't know, I'm kind of tired and burnt out, but I'm willing to take a risk and ask for a little more. It's a great place to start. I'm going to pray and I'm going to invite you to pray with me to and in fact, I want you to do something if you're comfortable with it. And I want you, as we pray, just to just open your hands where you sit. Just a position of saying, God, I'm open to receiving more of you and to giving myself to you. So come, Holy Spirit. Won't you move in our midst? We want more of you, and we want to give more of ourselves to you. Forgive us for the times where we quench your power in our lives. Maybe it's through sin. God, we, we want to be holy like you're holy. Maybe it's just through jam-packing our schedules so it's so hard to hear your voice. Maybe it's through denial of who you are and what you can do. Whatever it be, God, we want to put that to the side by your power. And we want to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Would you move in our lives? God, I pray that you'd help us to sense your presence. Maybe for some here today, we've never felt that. God, I pray that we would feel it even now. Whether it be, it be a peace that we just can't explain. Whether it be a, a tingling in our fingers. Or a sense of joy. Maybe it's tears pouring down our face and we're not even sad. Whatever it is, God, we want your Holy Spirit. And we pray that you would move in our lives in power. God, we love you. And we pray this in Jesus' holy name. Amen.